are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. I am Marcus Mosher. He is Landon McCool. And today we are answering your Twitter questions. But before we do that, Landon, how are you doing today, sir? Good. I mean, I, I have to, to peel back the curtain a little bit as we were doing the countdown. We, so we, we, we get in this, this room together to record these shows every day. We, 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 we say our highs. We, we do a countdown uh, on the screen to, to kind of get into the room to start this conversation. <clears throat> and, you know, and sometimes we're, we're, we're distracted. We're kind of finishing setting up. We're doing our own thing. Right as the countdown began, I actually looked up at the screen and saw Marcus. Marcus is wearing glasses. Look, look over here. Marcus is wearing glasses, guys. That was that was shocking to me. So, uh, as as a fellow glasses wearer, that was I was shocked to see it. I ripped my contact during the Super Bowl, so I watched the rest of the game with one contact in and a half a contact in the other. And yesterday, I just did the show with no contacts because I didn't want to get made fun of like I am today. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not making fun. It's it's uh, it's simply pointing. Look, I look. We we can do this in solidarity. We can have a glasses show if we need to. Uh, we can we can we can do this uh, all all day. I just I had a point. I, it I out like because... your glasses a lot, but I like the thicker frame. So. And... I, I wear them all the time too. So this welcome to glasses talk, guys, and I, I hope you guys enjoy uh, our. Uh, 20 minute podcast on, on all things about wearing glasses. But uh, yeah, I, I'm uh, it was, it was great to see. It's always fun to see uh, a little, uh, a little yeah. mix up in the, uh, in the, in the wardrobe. You look like Martin Scorsese with those big thick glasses on. I like it. <laughs> uh, all right, let's, uh, let's get to your Twitter questions uh, today, guys. Uh, the first one, this is a really good one. Uh, it, I, sorry, I cannot pronounce your name at all. So I, you'll, you'll know who this is, but would you consider Bart? trading Lyle Collins to the Bengals if they came calling? especially with Terrence Steele being able to step in, what would you want to give up? What would you need to get back in order to trade Terrence, excuse me, Lyle Collins? Well, I mean, I, I think right now with as somebody who is on a, you know, rooting for a team that has offensive line problems. I mean, I'm not trading Lyle Collins. I don't well, think. All right. So here, here's the deal. If you trade him right now, uh, I believe the Cowboys are, I'm, I'm going to pull this up right now. If it's considered a trade post, you know, June one, the Cowboys could save yeah. ten million dollars. You're still short another starting offensive lineman, right? Like, I mean, at the very least, what you could do is solve your offensive line issues if you wanted to by moving Lale back to left guard and Collins out to right tackle, and then now suddenly you don't necessarily have to spend high draft capital. So, uh. You know, I, I think it really depends on what the Cowboys are trying to do, how they're trying to approach this offseason. If, if it is more of a situation where they're trying to uh, kind of rebuild and reload for maybe a year or two from now, um, then maybe. Maybe you want that cash. Maybe you t you, you get the uh, whatever the, the pick is. You want the cash back. Uh, and then you kind of just roll that into next season as part of, uh, uh, you know, a, a plan of kind of getting some of this money cleared off your books. Otherwise, I mean, I, I just don't see it. Like, I, I think Lael Collins is one of your top four, top three offensive linemen on this team. Um, and so I, I would try to either. And then the, the good thing, again, is that he's played guard and tackle. So I would just try to fit him in 
wherever we could. I, I find I find more value in having him on the team than not, I guess is what I'm at. I do as well. However, it is important to remember that he's missed a lot of time over the last two seasons, yeah. right? Yeah. And sure. it definitely seems like he fell out of favor with his coaching staff, right? And if they – man, it's so complicated. Because but the coaching staff was wrong, camp. like, right? Yeah. The coaching staff was wrong for doing that. Like, yeah, I think sure. we all agreed that – or at least – I mean, I can't say that we all agree, but I thought that that punishing Lale – they did to their own debt, the, the offensive line's own detriment. So uh, that is a good point. But I also wonder if maybe the the coaching staff has kind of learned their lesson there. So here's the other part of this, Landon. I feel like if you had a 26 year old Tyron Smith who was really healthy and didn't miss time, I think you could afford to do this trade, right? Because now you save $10 million. Let's say you get back a second round pick, and that pick is what, 63 or whatever. You're fine going into the season with Tyron and Terrence Steele as your tackles. The problem is, is I kind of view, view Terrence Steele almost as a starter anymore because of how often Tyron Smith is hurt and banged up. So can you really afford to give away, you know, Terrence Steele might not be one of your five starters, but he might be one of your five most important offensive linemen on this team, right? So can you afford to give up that depth because of Tyron? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't know that you can completely rule out him being one of your five starters. You know, yeah, like that's sure. that's the thing about it. So, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I, I think the Cowboys are not in a spot where they should be trading offensive linemen at this point because they don't really know what the future of the offensive line is going to be. Okay, but let, let's let's say it comes down to this: the Cowboys can either keep Lyle and move on from Demarcus Lawrence. Which one would you rather have? Because if you trade, if you trade Collins, there's so many teams that need offensive tackles in the league. You know you're going to get some value back there. If, if it comes down to those two things, I might be inclined to move Collins for a pick and save the cap space there. Maybe I think it depends on how you feel about Josh Ball. You know, I, I mean, think I think, or at least I, well, right? I think that 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 and and honestly, Connor McGovern. Like, sure. if you don't feel confident about either one of those two guys at this point. What are we doing? You know, but, if you, might, but if you feel, also it might depend you, on what you what you think at twenty four. Like, let's say yeah. they really like Kenyon Green and they can believe they believe he could be a guard or tackle in the NFL, or you really like Trevor Penning, the offensive lineman for, from no, uh, Northern Iowa, and you believe he could be a day one starter. That's how I can get behind it a little bit more, right? Yeah, I I do think that you know you're getting a draft pick, a high draft pick, but I mean. At the same time, you're almost immediately going to have to use that draft pick on an offensive lineman. So you're creating a hole, and then you're giving yourself an opportunity to fill the hole. But it's like, yeah, I mean, I, but you're I, also I keeping it's... a defensive end. So now we don't have to spend a first round pick that's on true. a defensive end, right? That's that's true. I, I I guess yeah. I mean, it's not it's not very straightforward. I, I think no, it's not. I think you need to have a, a solid plan on what you want to do in the offensive line moving forward and then kind of stick to that and then make the decisions there. Uh, I don't know. This is not really something that you can dip your toe into at this point. Like either you want Collins on the team next year or you don't. And if you don't, then getting something of value is a good thing, but you also need to know that you're seriously now, very seriously now looking at offensive linemen, not just even one. Like you need multiple offensive multiple. linemen probably in – the top 100 maybe you know maybe maybe not quite the top 100 but i mean you're gonna need multiple offensive linemen at that point i agree it's not straightforward at all it would have been 
a lot easier to have this conversation if we know if you knew anything about Josh Ball, right? Because he didn't yeah. really do anything in training camp, and we didn't get to see him play at all during the season. My guess is we just kind of don't even factor him into this discussion right now, right, until we see him. Yeah, well, I mean, if that's even the case, then, I mean, you really don't have anything there, you know? I no. mean, you've, you've lost both of your backup offensive tackles. Uh, I mean, well, you've lost, you've lost one of your starting offensive tackles and then uh, uh, another guy that is basically going to have to be your replacement if you're trying to trade Lael Collins. So uh, suddenly all your depth is gone. And, um, you know, I, 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 again, we don't really know. They obviously know more about Josh Ball than we do, but I, I can't imagine just based on – how little we've seen of him so far that he's ready to kind of step in as a swing tackle role next year. I bet, you know, that, that seems like a big step for him. All right, I, I got another trade question I want to ask you, but let's, uh, let's take a quick break so we can tell you guys about bet online. Football might be over this season, but basketball is in full steam uh, with both pro and college hoops from all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to find, uh, find out where the next coach fired is going to land betonline.net is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs betonline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores podcasts and news this season and it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey boxing and ufc odds right to your right to the olympic coverage and information head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions betonline where the game starts all right, Landon. I think because the Rams won the Super Bowl last year or this <laughs> year, I think you're going to see a lot of teams around the NFL be really aggressive in windows. And I also think with the way the Trent Williams trade worked out with the 49ers, the way the, the Andrew Whitworth signing worked out, the teams might be a little bit more open to trading for or signing veteran offensive linemen. So what if a team – a playoff team comes calling to you about Tyron Smith and offers you, let's say a first round pick, just hypothetically a first round pick. Are you interested at all? When's that contract? Uh, uh, so, all right, so here's the thing. If the Cowboys traded Tyron, they would save 13 and a half million this season. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of money, but I mean, what you're getting with him as a left tackle when he's playing, that's appropriate. Um. Uh, again, no it, guaranteed it, money left on his deal this year or next year. The team that would getting would get him would basically pay thirteen and a half million each year, so twenty seven million dollars for two years. I yeah, I mean, it, it goes back to what are we doing? <laughs> you know, what are we doing this off season? It, it all. I mean, I hate to kind of repoint to that, but as you know, like that's. That's kind of the deciding factor here. If the team is trying to reload and, and, and make it make another run this year, no, absolutely not. You're not trading Tyron Smith. You need Tyron Smith uh, because you've got uh, aspirations and you need offensive line play. And again, trading away offensive line play when you don't have the offensive line you want is not great. But again, if, if you're trying to rebuild this thing, kind of clear some contracts off, start a new generation here, uh, I think that there is some opportunity there to get a, a first round pick. I mean, I, I think the issue with, with, with this though, to me is that, you know, you're, you're going to get a, a, a low first round pick mm-hmm. in a year that the class is not very good. And I mean, just generally speaking, I mean, obviously the middle middle class of this round seems to be fine. 
it, it seems to be mm-hmm. deep. But that that doesn't really help you if you're picking, you're trading him for 17 or something like that. I don't know. Well, it just seems. He had a couple teams. Like, for example, these are teams I think I could easily see making this deal as they're in a championship window. Buffalo at 25, right? How much would Buffalo love to have Tyron Smith right now for their first round pick in this window with Josh Allen? Uh, what about the Dolphins at pick number 25? What about the Bengals at pick 31? Like Bengals all day if you can do that, right? Play him at left tackle, slide Jonah Williams to left guard. Your offensive line just got significantly better with one move. This is reading that with Frank Pollock. Um, wow. Well, uh, <laughs> uh, Tyron might not like that. Yeah, I mean, you know. Uh, well, I mean, asked for it, so uh, I don't know. I, I again, like, I, I think if it, it it makes more sense next year, I think I agree. if things don't if things don't work out and they have another year and it's time to blow things up, it's time to start it over. Then it makes sense, it, you know. Then it makes sense to trade him off with one year left in the deal. Uh, he loves it here. He lives here. Like he genuinely, I think, honestly likes playing for the Cowboys and 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 likes the simplicity of it. Uh, you know, he's been here his whole career. Mm-hmm. He's got a family established home here. There's lots of things that make make me think that he would not necessarily want to go for this. But I mean, obviously, he doesn't really have a choice. And if it came down to trying to get you know a, a rebuild situation, I just can't imagine that it's. I can't imagine it happening this year. I just, I just can't imagine it happening. I could see, I could easily see. Oh, it I could see it next year, year, right? For sure, but I just can't imagine that. We haven't heard any rumblings of a kind of great rebuild here, and and you know we weren't even sure that you know it feels like we're going to get one more year of this trio of of McCarthy, uh, Moore, and, and and Quinn, and then a- after that, no matter what happens next year they're not likely to be back. So that to me seems like the more uh, the, the, the situation that's more palatable for a rebuild. And that's when I think that you would consider trading someone like Tyron Smith. And again, uh, I understand you're getting the money. I understand it's a first round pick, but I just feel like this year's first round picks are, are less, uh, you know, appetizing, especially with what the one that you would be getting. And I, I think that you could probably you know, just get more bang for your buck next year. Last one. What if Baltimore at pick number 14 offers you that pick for Tyron? That's that's a pretty high pick. Can we do it on the clock? Because if we could do it on the clock and, like, I, I could see who falls to 14, that might be something. Like, you know, if you do it on I the clock. I think you'd almost have to do it, like, once you got to, like, pick 10, right, or 11. Derek Stingley's not being picked by anybody. It's crazy. What's going on? We shouldn't be a – because uh, I can see Baltimore yeah. doing something like that, right? Hey, we're going to play Tyron at left tackle, and we don't know what we're getting from Ronnie Stanley, and this is this is what we – I mean, it seems like that's the type of team that would be willing to do a move like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's tough to make that call just because we just – we're not far enough in the offseason to know exactly what they're trying to do. I, I would say, generally speaking, I'm not opposed to it, but I also you know think I need to know – what the Cowboys plans are for next year, what, you know, what, what, what they're trying to do. I'm holding on to him for the record. I, I'm not I mean, it, it, to Tyron for first, uh, not for, not for a late first run pick. Now 14 is interesting because it, if you, especially if you did that before the draft, because then maybe, maybe you go up and you try to go get 
one of those top two or three offensive linemen to get a long-term answer. So I, I, I think that makes some sense if you're trying to save money, but I still would be awfully hesitant to do that. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's get to some more questions. We only got to one so far. Uh, this <laughs> one from Noah. How important is it to bring back J. Ron Curse next year? I think it's pretty important. I mean, he was a, he was a big part of the defense um, and, and definitely was a playmaker and solid player for them. Um, you know, I, I'm interested to see if someone like Izzy Makamu can take take his spot or, or if there is some promotion that within that can happen there. Um, but I, I think that, you know, if he's willing to come back on a short-term deal for a reasonable amount of money, um, I thought he played incredibly well last year. And I think mm-hmm. another year in this defense will probably have him playing even better. So uh, I, I'm certainly, I'm certainly okay with it. I'm okay with it as well, because I, I don't think he's going to get a ton of money. He'll definitely get a pay raise, but I'm thinking yeah. three or 4 million probably at most. Right. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And I think and, that that's a good price for what he gave us last year. And if I'm J. Ron Curse, I probably just sign a one-year deal as well. Like if I'm coming back to Dan Quinn's defense, let me see what I can do one more year. And if I have two really good years of tape, maybe somebody gives me a longer-term deal this offseason. I, I just think it makes sense for both sides to get something worked out here, right? I agree. I think you play one more year in the same system. I think that is gives you the opportunity to potentially make make it to a Pro Bowl. Uh, because you're, you know, that that one year of good play gets you recognized. The second year actually gets you in, and then usually that kind of thing can be uh, levied into a a, a a nice payday for him. So I that, would assume that that'd be a smart play. We haven't talked about the safeties a lot, but I think you and I both assume that J. Ron Curse is going to be back. You have Donovan Wilson going into the final year of his rookie contract. You have Israel Mokamo, a six round pick. I would have to assume that one of DeMonte Casey and Malik Hooker are back, right? Probably. I would think. Which I one hope do it's you Hooker. want back? Hooker. Yeah, I probably agree. Although I feel like if you re-sign Hooker, you, you kind of need to draft a safety early in this year's class because he's just not super reliable in terms of health, right? No, I mean, he's had, he's had injury problems. There's no way around it. Yeah. So you definitely need to a contingency plan there, but I think when they've been healthy, uh, Hooker's been the better player, and, and he started to play better, a much better football at the end of the year than as compared yeah. to Curse. I mean, as compared to uh, uh, totally blanked on his KZ. Say, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think let's say Hooker does miss time. I think you can play Wilson and Curse together, and not it won't yeah. kill you, right? No, I think I so. Think and again, I I I, I would expect McComu to take a step. I think you're going to see him playing some some more ball next year. I liked what we saw from him in yeah. limited reps, so I, I I'm I'm a believer that he's going to be able to do something next year. Uh, all right, let's keep getting to uh, some more of your questions. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Rock Auto. With the ever increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock up on all the parts you need. Rock Auto has everything from engine control modules and brake parts, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com today. 
Uh, all right, let's get to some more questions. Um, so people want to know about the defensive ends. So we we both kind of assume that Randy Gregory is going to be back, but we'll see about the Marcus Lawrence. Outside of those guys, Dorrance Armstrong is a free agent. They have Chauncey Golston. Would you consider cutting Terrell Basham, saving a couple million to try to bring back Dorrance Armstrong? Do you like Basham? What do you want to do there? I liked what we saw from Basham last year. I mean, I thought that he was a good rotational defensive end. I think Armstrong was a little bit more uh, just because he's a little bit younger, has a little bit more juice. And I think he you know, was kind of growing into that role. Uh, I'd love to find a way to get Armstrong back, you know, um, but I, I, I do wonder if a guy like that isn't going to get some decent money. You know, it, at least it feels unlikely that... that Lawrence Gregory and Armstrong are all back, right? Yeah. I mean, that seems just, that's 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 just Two a lot of, the of money three to spend. Feels would be nice. One of the three almost feels kind of realistic at this point. I feel like. Well, I mean, the, the problem is that you're spending money there, and you are also probably planning on trying to give more snaps to to uh, Parsons. You know, to Parsons there. So yeah. it's like you're you're spending money on Gregory. You're you're what no matter what you're doing to keep Lawrence, you're spending money there, right? You're yep. either keeping him on yep. the books or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, you've already got Basham as well. Um, so in order to get Armstrong, you'd have to cut Basham. You only save a little bit 1.7 million to do that. I'd rather just keep Basham at that price. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not, it's a lot of maneuvering for uh, a, an improvement for on Basham, I think, but, but not a major improvement. I don't yeah, I mean, what you really need, and this is the kind of – I'm assuming the hope for the Cowboys is you let Dorrance Armstrong go. You hope that he gets five or six million in yeah. free agency. You get back a fifth or sixth round pick, and then Chauncey Golston kind of takes over as that fourth defensive end. And listen, you spent the top 75 pick on Chauncey Golston. You need him to come in and play and play well. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like you can't pay for a lot of depth at defensive end right now. You, you, you just need Golston to step up there. Yeah. I mean, again, like, you know, reps are a problem too. Like, I mean, you just, there's only so many reps to go around, even when you're rotating them out. And I think you've already got, like I said, money on the books for Basham. You've already planned on using Parsons. Uh, we're going to pay, probably pay Gregory and you already have paid more. So that's, that's, Four players that you've already have uh, uh, intentions on getting snaps there that are under contract. So spending a lot of money to kind of get a fourth guy uh, to, to start to, to play over Golson, who you like, you know, I think that's it just doesn't sound wise. Uh, next question. A lot of people are wondering, uh, especially now with both of these guys coming off ACL injuries, who would you rather have next year with mm. the Cowboys, Michael Gallup or Odell Beckham? I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I don't think I would touch Odell Beckham Jr. Um, I I think having a that's is it was it the same knee? Same knee. It's the same knee in sixteen months. It's the same knee. He's going to be what thirty one next year, something like that. Uh, yeah, 30? thirty or thirty one. Yep. I don't think so. I, not not for me. I I, I think uh, there's a there's a chance Odell Beckham comes back and he's fine. Everything's cool. Has a great. He may have the best season of his career next year. Maybe. Uh, not maybe not next year, but you know, like you know, after this, I I'm not taking that risk on a 31 year old that's struggled to stay on the field at times, anyways. Um, and then on top of that, can kind of be a malcontent at times. I just don't think the juice is worth the squeeze after this second ACL and with his age, he's likely to have some explosion diminishing 
you know, uh, after two ACL injuries. Uh, yeah, just I would say Gallup. I, I kind of wonder if the answer is neither, to be honest. Well, I mean, I wasn't given that option, Marcus. Thank you. I know. I, I'm just <laughs> saying. I, I wonder the answer. No, I, I, I think this. I, I really I, do. I think relying on Gallup. I think relying on either one of those guys who have a late season ACL injury is 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 a bad idea. I, I don't have a problem with signing one of them, uh, specifically Gallup, and, and with the idea that you have other contingency plans for wide receiver, and that Gallup is like you know the kind of cherry on top when he gets healthy. But I, you know, the kind of investment that you're going to need to make in in Odell Beckham, you know, is is especially like where he is in his stage of his career. I, sure. I just don't know that that's worth it. Uh, all right. Last question. <laughs> this is a good one. Cause I, you've kind of mentioned this before, but it's from Sean. He said, we always see a new athletic freak shoot up the draft boards after the combine. He wants to know who that guy could be this year. We don't have to talk about that necessarily, but are you more open to drafting the athletic freaks that haven't necessarily produced in college compared to previous seasons? I don't know how you're not. You know, like, I, I mean, I, I think after watching what we've seen these last few years, I mean, obviously experiencing what we experienced with Parsons uh, and then just watching kind of, I mean, really the guy even more than Parsons that that kind of uh, was eye-opening was, was what, what was the name of the other Penn State defensive end that was just that, he plays for Baltimore, Adafi I think? Owe. Adafi Owe has been a revelation. Like didn't see anything like this on his Penn state tape. And he's just been blowing people up in the league. And I think it again shows you that like, if these guys can like just learn a little bit more football and they're that kind of athlete, there are certain positions where that's going to translate well. Sure. Uh, So I, I certainly, and look, I mean, it's not, he's not the only one you could go even to a position like Josh Allen. You know, like quarterback, quarterback. Yep. And, and, and like guys that was huge upside guys who have uh, 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 the uh, talent to kind of develop into those kind of, you know, generational elite talents that other guys that don't have those physical attributes, just they don't have that ceiling available to them. So I, I think that there will be an uptick in that. Uh, I think that, you know, just like in everything in the NFL, um it's going to, there's going to be an overreaction, right? There'll be too much of that. There'll be too, like too much of pushing up of these kind of athletic freaks. And then like three or four of them will bust like Mike Mamula and, and we'll all be like, Oh, that's why we don't do that. That's right. So I, I think the game lends itself now more to that kind of thing. So I think that yes. there are less of these busts than there were, you know, probably 10 or 15 years ago. But I also do think that there is, you know, a trap there. There is a uh, an opportunity to waste a draft pick on a guy that uh, who is incredibly uh, athletic in shorts but doesn't know how to play football. So the, the one guy that I want to bring up because he was actually trending a little bit on Twitter today is uh, Trevon Walker, the defensive end yeah. from Georgia. And the reason why I bring him up is because Dane Brugler ranked him at six overall in his latest big board. Okay, now if Walker is a first round pick. He'll have the fewest tackles for a loss ever by an edge rusher drafted in the first round. 13 career tackles for a loss in three seasons at Georgia, right? However, mm-hmm. he's six foot six, 280 pounds, and he's going to test as a freak athlete. So it's like, how do you weigh that athleticism at a big school like that just without production? We'll see. We saw Rashawn Gary was a 2019 draft 
kind of be a similar prospect, right? Never really put it together in college, goes into the NFL and plays ridiculously well. I think a guy like Walker is probably what we're talking about here. Are you gambling on the traits rather than a finished product? Well, and Walker's an even better – well, I think Rishon uh, uh, Gary and, and I think honestly uh, uh, F.A. Obata – or not F.A. Obata um... – uh, I'm getting my Adafiowe. Nigerian players mixed up. Yeah, I think I think these guys, some of these guys, have even less excuse than Walker as to why they have lowered production. Right? Like Walker played on what we we just talked about, maybe the greatest front seven in college football history. Yeah. Right? So there's tons of plays that are already being made by a ton of different guys. So uh, you know, him not getting the the lion's share of those play plays is understandable at least right understandable considering how much talents around him not so much with gary not so much with some of these other guys right so i can see that like i could see you know if he's testing like that then then you would want to take a chance on him because okay the production wasn't quite there but you know he has at least the excuse of well there's only so many tackles and sacks that can be made by this front seven which these those other guys didn't and they still made it to the nfl and, and still kind of are are you know, not bust. They're living up to the hype. So uh, I I think that I understand that thought process. I, it, again, it may come back and burn us, but I, sure. I, I can see how you could look at that and, and look at the, the history there, especially the recent history and say, look, it's time we start looking at these guys a little bit cl- more clearly because these guys are getting into the league and making it at a rate that they, that they weren't before. It, there has been an increase in the hit rate of these types of players over Correct. the last five years. And I think that's something that we have to note. Yeah, I I understand this one a lot more because you got a guy like Jermaine Johnson who couldn't even get on the field at Georgia, go play at Florida State. It's just wreck shop over there, right? So I think mm-hmm. that the talent and the depth is crazy. Um, I, I don't think it's crazy to have him ranked in the top 10. I saw today NFL Draft Scout, which is pretty accurate on 40 times, 458 at 280 pounds. Jeez. Good Lord. That's moving, man. I mean, you watch it on tape. You see it like he's yeah. wrecking dudes. Yeah. Like he's just – he's not ma- always making the play. But, I mean, I, I mean, again, <laughs> watching that Georgia tape for the first time was eye-opening, not knowing the names of the players because I was just like, oh, my God, who's that guy? Oh, my God, who's that guy? Oh, my God, who's that guy? Because you're watching yep. Alabama, right? And they're destroying these dudes. And yep. it's just – you know, and, and and again, like we're not just talking about a very good defensive line last year. I mean, seriously, we're we are talking about one of the best ever. So, uh, uh, yeah, I think the production markers have to have, have some context on them. They very realistically could have three defensive linemen drafted in the the first round in this draft. The other edge rusher, Adam Anderson, would have been a first round pick, but he's in a sexual assault lawsuit right now. So we'll see about him. And those four guys might not even be the best defensive lineman on the team. That no. other defensive tackle who can't come out until next year, probably going to be the highest pick of them all. Just an insane group of talent. Absolutely. So, uh, all right. Uh, that is it for today's show. Tomorrow, we got our first of our uh, draft series. We're going to be talking linebackers. And we're mm. actually going to be talking about one of those uh, Georgia defenders tomorrow. And I've got a feeling uh, I can have a little bit of a heated debate. Um, and I'm oh really, really looking forward to it. So, Make Marcus sure has been guys... really holding back in the DMs whenever I've been talking about it, so I'm excited to see uh, yeah, this mean, argument listen, unfold I... in real time. It's just you hate the Kobe team. Uh, yeah, um, follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll see you guys back here.